Welcome back to another episode of The Owen Show. I'm Owen Burke, joined alongside by Tim Hunt. Tim, how you doing? You know, a uh, little under the weather here. Uh, that's why we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, yeah. So if I still sound under the weather, I apologize. But uh, it is what it is, you know? Tis the season. Apologize. We apologize in advance for the sniffles and coughs and so on and so forth. So, um. Another great week of football in the books. We got a lot to catch up on. Obviously, missing last week, so we're gonna hop straight into it and uh, start with our first game. What do you got for me? Pretty non-controversial game. Not much happened in it. Bengals versus Dolphins here. Um, it's not like a starting quarterback who's in the highlight. It you know is in the limelight right now. Like almost died on the field or anything like that. So, yeah. um, not much to worry about there. Yeah. I mean. Let's let's just start there. It, it's kind of crazy that he played in this game. I mean, he yeah. looked fine before the hit, to be honest with you. But yeah. um, that's still not an excuse for for him him being out there and uh, him obviously being high at risk with uh, what happened to him the week before. So yeah, just not a good look. Not at all. Um, obviously, take everything with a grain of salt. We're not doctors at all, um, but. There's obviously been a lot of talk surrounding Tua and the possible concussion that he sustained in week three and then the definite concussion that he received in week four. And it's there's there's so much to try to unpack, especially since we haven't talked about it at all yet. Um, I don't even know where to start. Uh, so week three, obviously, he gets hit, goes down stumbles when he gets up you're like all right well he's cooked for the game right he's not coming back they'll have to see they have a short week coming up he probably won't play thursday they're gonna you know it'll be a day-to-day thing right nope he's back out for the second half you're like okay this is concerning um he was passed by the team doctors and by an independent physician which since then the independent physician has been fired which i think says something um about the situation but and then obviously you get to the hit on Thursday and that was it was a scary sight. It's just not anything to play with. I think within what what injuries we've had in recent history, it just doesn't feel like it's none of it makes sense to me. I think is where where my overall standing on it is. I don't understand any of the moves that the Dolphins made up to this point. I don't understand how they've handled it publicly or privately since then. None of it makes sense, right? I mean, the decision to play him on a short week after a possible concussion doesn't seem great. I mean, you start with where two is at, right? Like, they're trying to figure out if this guy is the franchise quarterback, right? He's been under a lot of scrutiny, a lot of 50-50 games when he had Brian Flores as his head coach. They add Tyree Kill this offseason. Jalen Waddle's still there. The offensive line Steve, they brought in Teron Armstead. Mike Gusecki was a top seven tight end last year. Like, a lot of things were trending right for them, and they're trying to figure out if this is a guy. And to to even null and void Thursday out, right? It hasn't happened yet. To trot him back out for the second half and then to turn around four days later and trot him out for another game after the stumbling and the hit that he took on Sunday two weeks ago didn't make a ton of sense to me. I was very confused by the move, you know, and whatever. And then you get to Thursday – it's a bad hit, and it's plays like that where I feel like roughing the passer probably should have been called. I don't know if it was or not. I know that the roughing the passer call has been real 
dicey here nor there. There's a lot of like decision making for the referees to have now where, you know, we'll talk about Josh Allen, the bills and the rough and the passer call late in that game. Um, but I mean, he got spun and thrown to the ground pretty violently yeah. and you could see it. I mean, his hands were locked up in front of his face. It was a terrifying thing to see. Um, and then, you know, he goes to the hospital, <laughs> just everything afterwards, right? Like he gets taken to the hospital after that hit. That was before <laughs> halftime. And they take him to the hospital. He gets discharged for the end of the game, which doesn't seem right. Cause I'm like, he looked like he was possibly paralyzed three hours ago. And this guy is discharged from the hospital and on a team plane on a plane ride home back to Miami. Yeah. I, again, I'm not a fucking doctor, but I don't think a, a severe concussion like that should probably be thrown up to that high elevation right afterwards within, you know, three, four hours of it happening. And then Mike McDaniel comes to the media afterwards and was like, Tua seemed fine the whole way home. He's like, we watched, uh, we watched MacGruber the whole, you know, the, the plane ride home. Everybody knows anybody that's played football or any sports growing up knows that there's the number one rule when you get a concussion is don't fall asleep afterwards, right? Stay up. Don't fall asleep. That's that is the golden rule after a concussion. Rule two, don't stare at a bright screen. Don't watch a movie. Don't play video games. Don't be on your phone a lot. Brights, you know, bright lights will will affect that concussion as well. So hopping on a team flight and watching a movie for a two, three ride, three hour plane ride home doesn't seem like the right idea either. Whether it whether that was a joke or whether it happened or not, or you know, whatever the case is, that was weird. And then McDaniel also on Monday, and this is just, it's a weird thing here and there, was talking to the media and they're like, how's Tua doing this, that, and the other? And he said, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater will be ready to go if Tua can't play Sunday. Yeah. If? Are you kidding me? Like, this, there is there, there's a question? Are you saying you're considering running him out there again for another game after this? I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird situation. I have no idea even where to start or end this conversation. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's not a good look. Hopefully this will, you know, it's sad that it took this, but hopefully the NFL will reevaluate their uh, concussion protocols and then be able to make better decisions going forward because of a situation like this. And it's sad that it might've cost, you know, to uh, uh, his future life, you know, that's going to be down the yeah. road. So and there was the I remember the Will Smith movie that came out about concussions um a couple of years back, probably five, ten years ago. The doctor that that movie is based on came out in the media, I think it was today or yesterday, and was like Tua should retire. Like he is he is he should hang it up because that hit he was lucky enough and he's gonna be damaged enough from that, let alone if he tries to play another two to five to ten years in this league he is going to be in really, really bad shape come the end of it. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think I, we've learned so much and so little about CTE in our time frame in the last eight years. And I mean, yeah, it, it's the brain, right? It's a complicated matter. It's not something yeah. that it's easy to understand. Um, it was called the movie was called concussion that came out in 2015. It was going to bother me once you said it, I couldn't, couldn't let it go. But um yeah, I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see what comes with this. I hope Tua doesn't play this week just for the sake of, Ice. Yeah. of everyone. Yeah, yeah, just let him relax and and take a week off. It's not like the team, 
you know, needs him to come out and play. But yeah, um, that was it was a bad and it was a Thursday night game. So everybody was watching. Right. Yeah. It's, it's probably it's the game. only football game on. Yeah. So, so you are under the microscope. If there ever was a microscope to be under to trot him out for that game, just didn't feel like we're not we're not playing. This isn't the AFC title game. Right. The, right. Trip to the Super Bowl is not on the line. Right. And a Bengals game. If you looked at the beginning of the year at the schedule, like this is a game that I would probably slate them to lose to start the year. So like, it's not like this is more <laughs> trotting out there against the jets. Like you are this week, right? Like yeah. where it was like an easy walk win. And if you lose this one, it kind of stings. Cause that'd be a division. You know, it was a non-conference primetime game against a Bengals team who hasn't looked great. And you have yeah. a good backup quarterback. Like I don't understand the risk of trotting him out there. He definitely shouldn't play this week. Yeah. For I his own sake. For more so for his own sake, for the rest of his career and the rest of his life, more importantly. But also, I can't imagine the backlash if he plays on Sunday. There's just no part of it makes any sense for it. Didn't make sense for him to trot out on Thursday. It damn sure doesn't make sense to trot him out this Sunday after what we saw on primetime last week. I think there's there's little to no chance that he goes out and plays. So, <coughs> yeah, it's um, I think he was officially ruled out, but I mean. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to say. I, I don't think there's any guarantees in this situation after what we've seen so far. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our next game here. We got the Jags versus the Eagles. Yeah, uh, kind of a, a more surprising game, I think, with the way it ended. I think uh, a lot of people were expecting the Eagles to flex their muscles a little bit more than they did. Um, how did you how did you feel about this game? I mean, I ha- I have two two kind of bigger takeaways from this game is one, I think Jacksonville cemented their their seriousness, right? Like they went out and played a good game against a really, really good team. Yeah, um a very good game. A very good game. And and then the other part of it to me is is Philadelphia was down fourteen nothing after the first quarter and came and charged back, right? Like they were yeah. not scared even though they were down. Scored twenty unanswered um, in the second quarter in the second quarter. Right. So, um, I, I think if there's anything to take away from this game, I think it's how uh, it's Jacksonville is a legit team this year. Um, I'm not yeah. saying they're a super bowl contender, but I mean, this is a team that can go out and maybe beat any team in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, is the Eagles are not to be messed with, right? Like they, it was a tough game. They weren't playing well to start out. And, they did not care. Like they came back and they were like, we're going to fight through this. Uh, Miles Sanders had his breakout game. Um, yeah. For all the fantasy owners who had him on his bench, RIP. Yep. Um, that's, a, that's a tough break, but I mean, for drafting him in the first place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jalen hurts had himself a really good. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't spectacular, but he wasn't bad either. Right. Like he they didn't give the game away. Yeah, he didn't make mistakes, but he kept him in it, made the right plays when he needed to. Like, this is the kind of game where you go, oh, this if this happens, in a, this could be a playoff matchup. You know what I mean? This could very well be a wild card round matchup. And and it's nice to know that if the Eagles get in that situation, they can kind of come out of it. Um, the thing that I love about the Eagles right now is the way that Jalen Hurts is playing and spreading the ball around. It's not one dimensional, right? Not like, at all. <laughs> you're going to have weeks where AJ Brown's the big target. And then, you know, weeks where Dallas Goddard is the big target. And then you might have a week like this where Miles Sanders is just running the ball like mad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then you got Devontae Smith still too. So you've got a lot of options that they can kind of play around with and, and work the ball around. And it's going to be a really dangerous team going forward. And I, I think a, a, a massive takeaway for me as well is that I think, I don't think they are statistically because I, I want to say I saw somebody else has the crown right now for it. But like the Eagles run defense, I think is a big reason why they won this game because facing off against James Robinson, and Travis Etienne is not really a duo that you want to see in the backfield on the other side of the field. Granted, they only got 16 total carries between the two guys, held them to under 60 yards combined as well. Like that, like if their run game gets going, I don't know if the Eagles win this game with, with the eight point margin where it was, it felt like a game that could be swung by one other thing going Jags way. And the Eagles proved again that they run the ball well and they stopped the run well. And when you could turn a young quarterback one dimensional, like they did with Trevor Lawrence here, it really can bode well for what your team can do. So, and it just speaks to how, how good their offense or how good their off season was, right? Like they went, Nick Sirianni was like, hey, man, we're one of the best run offenses in the game, and we can't draft a receiver. We have Devonta Smith. We like him. We have Quez Watkins. We like him. We have Dallas Goddard. But we need a guy, right? And so yeah. they just went out. They traded their first-round pick out A.J. Brown. And then this game is one of those ones where they just played the time of possession. I mean, they held the ball for 50, for 40 minutes. They, they won the time of possession 39-51 to 20 minutes for the Jags. And that's yeah. the run game just working to fruition. So that that's the big takeaway for me is that they were able to just <laughs> stick to the game plan and pull out a close game. Everyone's like, man, you couldn't, you scraped out a win over the Jags. I'm like, not every game's going to be a blowout. Like you, you can't go out and skunk the commanders every time you play a game, right? Like they did in week three. Sometimes you're going to have to go out in a game that you should win or should lose. And it's going to be a close one. And you have to win those games. Those are the games that matter the most. And this is a game that they showed that they have the capability to do so. So do you do you want the bad news? Yeah. Eagles uh, run defense is currently 10th in yards allowed. So 104. Wow. Um, problem is they've only had 80 carries against them. So if you go their their yards per carry, they're a bottom bottom 10 defense in the league. They lay allowed five yards per carry so far this year. So it's honestly kind of surprising. Not a not a not a stellar run defense, but I mean the the defense is still dynamic. Um, yeah, James Bradbury was also a great. Center. I think that's one that doesn't get talked about enough. Darius Slay played like a true lockdown corner, and and probably a top. He probably he may have been the best corner in the game last year by itself. Yeah, you know, like I mean, he was so good. And then they added James Bradbury, who had a really good year the year before. Now they stacked them together and that might be the best corner duo in the game right now. Those guys I, play the so best, well. The best defensive signing of their offseason was Hassan Reddick. Two strip sacks at the yeah. end of the game. I mean, it's just just a swim. It's just I, the offseason really, is paying completely to fruition with those two guys and then AJ Brown has 95 receiving yards in this game as well and he's had two big games already this year beforehand. Do you want to you want to know a little little fun tidbit here? You know who the best wide receiver taken in last year's first round draft was? Who's that? AJ Brown. Yeah, I figured uh, so. Yeah, like that just was you know it makes too much sense. Uh, here's another current- surprising. Here's another surprising yeah. tidbit. It's not really that close either. <laughs> yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's really- <laughs> he is currently third in the NFL with a 404 uh, receiving yards so far this year. Sounds about right. Yeah. 
So AJ Brown was a really good receiver. Now he's on an elite offense and it's, it's elevated his game to, to the next level. 100%. Um, let's talk about a, a tough game here. Uh, Bills versus Ravens. Um, yeah. I want to talk about winning the close games. Here we are. I think we should just jump right into the thing that everybody's going to want to talk about. Uh, tie ball game. Uh, like, what was it? Like two minutes left? Something like that. Somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Yeah. You're you're on the two yard line. It's fourth and goal, and the decision to go for it. What were what were your thoughts? I mean, I I honestly I don't hate the, now. I'll tell you that a lot of Ravens fans absolutely despise the call. Um, a lot of people were calling for John Harbaugh's job after that game. And where I can understand where a lot of Ravens fans are coming from, right? Because you have the best kicker in the game. It's a chip shot for any kicker, especially Justin Tucker. Um, it's uh. It's more alarming from like trying to find out where Harbaugh's head's at in the situation. That's where my alarm starts ringing. I don't mind going for it. I really don't. The Bills are a good team, and if they win the coin toss, they probably win the game. Right? I mean, that was yeah against any defense. I mean, they were probably going to go out there and win the game. Right? It didn't matter about against any defense in this league today. Like the Bills have a solid chance to go down and just win. Off, off that coin toss, right? So I don't mind the decision in that aspect, but also whereas as, as in years past, um, I, w- I would be a lot less of a fan of the call because I have, I have so much faith in what Baltimore's defense is able to do. Whereas this year it's, it's not like that at all, right? Like Baltimore's defense is, not only is it not good, it's it's quite terrible, to be 100% honest with you. Um, they are 30th in the league in yards allowed per game right now. The yep. Lions and the Seahawks are the only two defenses allowing more yards a game right now than the Baltimore Ravens. 23rd in scoring defense. They're allowing 25 points per game. Yeah, so. they are they're dead last in passing defense as well. They've allowed uh, more passing yards than any team um, per game this year, and they're also the worst run defense yardage wise per game so far this year. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, total yards and yards per game. My bad. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I was to, to the same stats. They're right about middle of the pack in rushing yards allowed this year. It's just, okay. uh, not a great look. To, so to that, me, that's where it bothers me is that I don't trust my defense right now. But for John Harbaugh to sit there and be like, I don't trust my defense is obviously a whole nother level of, of confidence that's not there. I, I have a couple thoughts here. I mean, if it's me, I, I kind of liked the call because you're going, okay, if we score a touchdown here, our odds of winning goes up significantly. Mm-hmm. And I think the thought process was there. I think the execution was so poor, right? Like a hundred percent. The call into the huddle has to be to Lamar. Listen, if nothing's there, throw the ball away. Don't force it into a window that we can't we can't yeah, right. give up because if you throw it away, they're on the two yard line. And maybe the game goes into overtime, right? Or or maybe you get the ball back quick enough in short enough field where you can then go kick the field goal and have confidence that you're gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think the execution was a little bit poor, and I'm not blaming Lamar. It very well could be on Harbaugh just not communicating that all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um <coughs> And the other problem I have with it too is to me, it's more about the fact that Baltimore just didn't score in the second half, right? Like yeah. 
if you're going to be a dominant offense and be a legit contender in the AFC, like you cannot go that cold for that long. Um, yeah, it just it's you're not going to you're never going to have success. If you put up zero points against any team that's going to make the playoffs in the AFC, you're going to struggle and you're going to yeah. struggle fast. That That's where the bigger problem was like you could sit there and dissect the last two minutes and that decision all you want. But like when I saw us go up 20 to three, as excited as I was sitting there at work, you know, or 20 to 10 at half 20 to three to start the game. Um, I was terrified because Greg Roman cannot call a big game. So I was surprised to see us up 20 to three in the first place. And I was like, we're going to get so passive. I can already, I see how this is going to go. And I, I just know that we are going to just stop pushing, stop forcing the issue is, yeah. is where the issue is going to be at. Right. So after they took that 20 to three lead, this is where Baltimore's drives. This is how they went. So they take the 20 to three lead with a field goal, right? Then they punted the ball then they punted punt interception, interception. Yeah. So you just, you can't. And of those punts, uh, three plays. So there's that's one three and out. Uh, there's a three and out. There's five plays and then a punt. Seven plays interception. Fourteen plays interception. Like that drive, the last drive outside of the interception was flawless. They ran nine minutes off the clock in the fourth yeah. quarter on that drive. Fourteen plays, ninety three yards, nine minutes. You're like, damn, that's a really good drive. And then it just it doesn't end well, right? It goes for the interception. So. It's just Baltimore has scored a total of nine points in the fourth quarter through four games this year. Um, yeah. That, as much as like zero points in the second half, you've got to put up points in the fourth regards. We saw this in Miami too. Um, they put up 10 points in the second half and allowed 35 and in that letdown game as well. So they have uh, they've played at home twice, and they've both been double-digit leads that have evaporated right before him. Um, so Baltimore has a lot of things to clean up. The good thing is, is that they're still relatively healthy. They haven't been super bitten by the injury bug yet. Ronnie Stanley still hasn't playing, playing, uh, played anything yet. J.K. Dobbins looks good. So like the hope is there for Baltimore still. And there's still not a team that I'm going to count out of a Super Bowl race, but like there's a lot of things to clean up before you can – we could say that they're favorites at all. Yeah, you know I, too, I agree. They're yeah. too talented to not be contenders, but there are also so many holes on that team game plan wise where you can't look at them and be super confident about where they're at right now. Well, I, I think there's two things that are holding them back from being um, fav- Super Bowl favorites. They're definitely a Super Bowl contender is uh, their defense. And then they're so Lamar dependent. Like without Lamar, this team is just it's just a void of talent. Like, uh, I mean, you have some, some upside on, you know, with, with some of your running backs and stuff like that, but man, it's, it's just too much, too much is on his shoulders week in and week out. When the run game hasn't been great. Like they've been one of the worst run offenses through. That's why it's been so Lamar dependent is because the run game has been God awful. Yeah. And the run game that's there is, is Lamar at this point. I mean, he's, I believe I want to say he's like the sixth or seventh leading rusher in the NFL right now. He's, he's yeah. ninth. He has more rushing yards than like Derrick Henry, Dalvin cook, CMC. Like that's, that sounds great. Right. But when you look at trying to win football games as a team, 
just doesn't doesn't really pan out. Like it's just not gonna. It's not a sustainable way to win games. They are probably bottom ten in rushing yards per game so far this year, and uh, which is sad because yards per carry they're uh, they're they're towards the bottom. Or is that yards per carry? What is that? Yeah, yards per carry. They're towards the bottom. What is this? Hold on. What the freak am I looking at here? Is that passing yards? I don't know. Whatever. Baltimore's run game hasn't been great, and that's yeah. kind of what they're built on, right? They, they're supposed to have the Eagles and them are supposed to be the two best run offices in the league. And they can't run the ball outside of Lamar Jackson right now. Um, and even Lamar's games, like the game that he had 100 yards, like 75 of it was on one carry. So it's like it's not like Lamar's run game has been super great either. He's had the couple big plays here and there that have really got a, a decent chunk of that yardage. So Baltimore has a lot of things to clean up. Um, the Bills have a lot of things to clean up too. I mean, you can't really – you can't expect to come down from a 17-point deficit to a Super Bowl contending team every single week. It's not a sustainable way to win games either, especially after the the loss that they had last week against the Dolphins, against Teddy Bridgewater. Or no, I guess two will play the whole game. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I know what you're trying to say here. But yeah, no, it's not a – not a lot good luck side there. Um, all right. Next one I want to talk about pretty, pretty quick and simple on this one here. Uh, Raiders, Raiders versus Broncos. Uh, to me, this game just shows how big of frauds that the Broncos have been, um, mm-hmm. and, and how much they're getting away with. Um, they played a legit team, um, and they got beat. A legit team that's been too. struggling themselves. That's been struggling themselves and they got they got beat down. So um I don't know. I didn't we didn't like Denver to begin with, but I mean they've beaten the Texans and then the 49ers with uh Jimmy G getting one game back against the 49ers and it's his first game back after after not having a preseason, barely having an offseason. Yeah. So I, I don't really like I don't like Denver. I think when they are they're gonna play they have hard games to finish out the year and I think they're gonna struggle very, very it's gonna it's gonna be a struggle for them to win. Um I I think Eberflus might be in a one one and done situation here. So um Wasn't that Nathaniel but, Hackett that got that job? Or yeah, did I say Eberflus? Yeah. yeah. Nathaniel Hackett, thank you. Um I think he very well might be a one and out. Um and and not to mention the fact that uh Williams went down this game too, and he's going to yeah. miss the rest of the season. So that's a big, big loss for that offense. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's just uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough, and that defense has regressed. Like that defense looked bad in that game, like yeah. really, really bad. Yeah, the like, Broncos the- still have a tad bit of hope because I feel like a lot of their offensive issues have. When I say a lot, I mean most of their offensive issues have been like play calling, what they're running and the execution that they're running it at, right? They still have talent, right? Jerry Judy's still there. They still have Melvin Gordon, right? Yeah. Like, they still have a decent running back to get the run game going. But, like, they're just not executing, and I don't think the play calling has been that great either from Nathaniel Hackett. And I think we're kind of seeing that – I think this may be a ridiculous comparison, but I kind of had a, a, a come-to-Jesus moment about Eric Bieniemy over the weekend as well and why he hasn't got hired in these last couple cycles. And when you work for an offensive head coach, an offensive-minded head coach, and obviously Matt LaFleur and Andy Reid are worlds apart, stratospheres apart, um, and you have one a, a top two, top three quarterback in the game, 
how much of that offensive success is really the OC at that point? You know, like it's yeah, it's one of those things where now one thing I can say for being me at that point is like when you look at the other guys that got hired, I'm like, all right, I think I'd rather give Bienemy a shot at that point, you know, than than some of the other guys that have been hired. But also again, like you work for an offense, an offensive head coach and you have a great quarterback, how much of that success can be the OC at that point. I think we're seeing right now with Nathaniel Hackett, not a lot of green Bay success was, was what he was doing. Yeah. So yeah, no, just a, just a bad game, but like that can be a quick hitter. Um, next big one we got is chiefs versus bucks here. Uh, a little, little Sunday night action here and boy, did it, it was not a good look for the Buccaneers. Um, the, this this is one of those ones where the box score does not do the game justice. Uh, no, not at all. T- Tampa Bay started to play better in the second half for sure. They came back, but it didn't feel like they ever really stood a chance in this game to to come out here and win anything. No. Um, it doesn't take that hard of a look at the box score to see why either. Um, they got turned one-dimensional pretty early on. Yeah. Um, they had a total of six carries for three yards as an offense. So um, not really going to win a lot of football games with three rushing yards. First of all, KC actually has the best run defense in the league. That's why that's, that's the team that I saw earlier today. Which is a, is a testament to what they've been able to do with the extra money that they've had from not paying Tyree kill and the guys they've drafted, man. I don't, I still don't think that the guys that they've drafted on the defensive side of the ball that are still on rookie contracts are, playing so well and i'm not yeah you know, I, I, I don't want to get work this is going to come up later so i don't want to yeah. dive too deep into this before yeah the, this, this is a game off. this is a game where tampa bay's defense really needed to come out and and kind of dig its heels in the ground and they they didn't have a single bit of footing the entire game yeah patrick Mahomes yeah. kind of did out game came out and did exactly what he wanted to do all night long and this is one of those games too where you forget how good Patrick Mahomes is. And then he gets a primetime game like this and he comes out and the dude just balled out. Like yeah. he, he played so good. Um, yeah. And it was everything you, we wanted to, to see out of him really. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. And it's for anyone out there that is sick of hearing it or forgot it. We, we know, right. I mean, the people that, that know football and watch football know how talented this guy is. And anytime he gets a chance to prove it on a big stage, he does. And that's just that's just how it is with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I uh I I mean we we never really lost hope in him, even no. with the changes that were made this offseason. The changes but... that were made, the rough start last year. It was it, it's it was pretty evident pretty early on in his career that this guy was probably one of, if not the most talented quarterbacks, let alone players that we've ever seen in football. And it, it's going to take a lot more than a, a rough eight-game stretch and a change of his number one receiver to kind of knock him off that totem pole. That's why he is cemented in that spot because those things don't affect how good he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a, he's an X level player for sure. Um, every every bit, he gets all the credit he deserves. Or not, and job, honestly. And I will say this: I think Tampa Bay fought back pretty well. I think Tom Brady played pretty pretty dang good for you Better know than he the did situation. The first three weeks. Yeah, he's he's definitely getting back into that groove, and it, and it's classic Tom Brady, right? Week three, week four, he'll struggle, and then week five, he'll turn it on. So yeah, they got the um, Falcons, the Steelers, and the Panthers coming up. So yeah, 
They'll go. They'll go on a little tear here, and they'll be they'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, they get to, to build the confidence, and then they go to M and T Bank Stadium to play the worst pass defense in the league in the Baltimore Ravens. So, really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I, I'm sure. <coughs> so, all righty. Last game we got was Monday Night Football: Rams versus 49ers. Um, Little, little disappointed, man. The Rams are are showing signs of that that Super Bowl hangover pretty pretty badly, more mm-hmm. than more than I thought. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a division game, man. These, uh, I haven't I haven't been in sports betting long, but I know I'm I'm smart enough to just not really touch a division game. I'm definitely not touching money lines in division games because things like this happen. Uh, the Forty ers have kind of been the Rams' kryptonite for the last three to four years, you know, with Jared Goff and with Stafford, like the 49ers just find a way to get it done. They know how to beat Sean McVay and they did it again on Monday night. Um, it's just it's kind of how it is in that division right now. Like Rams may be the best team, but the Niners know how to win those, those games, those games. Yeah. And, and for some reason, Sean McVay just has Kyle Shanahan's number, like whatever it is, like he just owns that man. So, yeah. Um, it, it, it's impressive. Honestly, it's incredible how, how, how good the 49ers still remain, even with, you know, their quote unquote, their backup quarterback is the way I'm going to say it. So yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. I mean, they held, they held the Rams out of the end zone the whole night. You know, yeah. It's a, it's a pretty difficult thing to do when you have Matthew Stafford and all this talent, but I mean, he is got Stafford's got to look another way, man. I mean, Granted, it's an extra game. Cooper Cup is on this pace is slated to beat Michael Thomas's single season catch record by like thirty catches with an extra game. That's crazy. Yeah. Cooper Cup has more receptions than Justin Fields has completions through four weeks. That's that's a bad stat for both teams for both players. To be honest with you, um, yeah, uh, Stafford's got to spread the ball around a little bit more. He's got to got to go get a workout in with Russell Wilson and learn how to throw it to more than two guys. Two guys there, it's yeah. starting to hurt their offense, and also they got to get they got to get the run game going. And in reality, they've got to get the offensive line moving. I think that's been a massive issue. Uh, they're facing kind of the same thing that that uh, Matt Ryan and the Colts are dealing with right now, where they can't get the run game going because the offensive line's not grain played not playing great, and they also can't keep their quarterback clean at all. Stafford yeah. took seven sacks in this game. Joey Bosa had a – or Nick Bosa had a field day out there on Monday Night Football. Yeah, no, it was not – it was definitely not a good look for sure. So, um, all right, you ready to jump in to pump the brakes for this week? Bring it on. All right. First one I got for you is the 49ers could win the NFC West. I don't think it's crazy. Um, I'm not going to pump the brakes. Um, they're, I mean, they're, they're, current, be... they're currently first in the division, but all three teams are two and two. So yeah. the thing is, is it feels like a division that's going to come down to who's going to win the division games and the 49ers do that better than the other four teams. I mean, that's just the, the Cardinals and the, the Rams may be better teams on paper or maybe more favored or, you know, word it however you want to. But the Niners win these games, and that's what's going to come down to it. So unless one of those other two teams get hot and can, you know, put up 12 to 13 wins, if if all these teams are sitting at 9, 10, 11 wins, the 49ers, I think, are probably going to win this division. And yeah. 
as much as it's on Jimmy G's shoulders, it's more on his shoulders to just not give it away, which is exactly what he did on Monday Night Football. He didn't, he wasn't special when he played the Rams. He, yeah. he was 16 for 27, 239, a touchdown, no picks. Didn't get sacked. Not a, not a not a great stat. Like, I mean, you're happy with that, right? You're happy with a win. But that's not – he didn't go out and did what Patrick Mahomes did on Sunday night. He just went out, didn't hand the ball away. They won a game. I mean, that's I mean, that's all he has to do all year long. And I feel a little bad for Niners fans because I think he's going to do it all year and then he's going to give it away in the playoffs like he has before. But yeah. they're, they, they're probably going to get there again. I don't think it's crazy to say this team's going to win the division. So I mean, say, say what you want about uh... – Excuse me. Say say what you want about him, but like, I mean, he finds a way to get this team in good positions. He finds a way to put them in a spot where you're going. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they are going to make the playoffs. Maybe they will be a you know a, a two or a three seed. It's it's crazy how how he's able to do this week in yeah. and week out. I, I don't understand it. Really don't. Because no, he's not he's not special. He's really not. He's not, but he he wins games, right? Like he is just one of those guys that he figures out ways to just win games. So that's all you got to do at the end of the day. Alrighty, next one I got for you: the Lions are the best one and three team in the NFL right now. Um, some examples of the other one and three teams are Raiders, Saints, Panthers, Commanders, Steelers, and Patriots. Um, I I am gonna pump the brakes here. Ooh, I, I am. Um, it's I not by much. If you say the team that I think you're about to say, I'm going to get so mad. I think Baker Mayfield. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, I didn't think that was. I didn't think it was them. I was like, wow. I still have some faith in the Raiders. Is that okay. the team that you're thinking? It was not. So I'm glad you. I'm. I'm okay with the Raiders. The Raiders. I was close. Like I thought the Raiders Lions. That um, was. That's the team that now all the teams you named. I think the line. If you take the Raiders out, the Raiders are two and two. I do think the Lions are the best one and three team in football. Um, they're definitely playing. Even with the Raiders and how talented they are, the Lions are playing. They are the best playing one and three team in football. If that makes sense, right? On paper, yeah. they're not better than the Raiders. And well, I I don't think they'll finish better than the Raiders. But through four games, they have the best offense in the league. Yeah. They also have the worst defense is the issue. They have the worst. I was about to say they have the 32nd ranked scoring defense, 35.3 points a game. So Um, you know what the last team to do that was to at least finish the season that way? Who was that? The 2000 Rams, St. Louis Rams. Really? The greatest show on turf team was the last team that did that. That's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, they didn't didn't make the Super Bowl that year either. So. I don't know where they finished that year at, but I definitely know no. they didn't make the Super Bowl. So, uh, I I think it's very promising for the Lions, though, right? Like I think there's a lot of things. Dan Campbell's defensive. That's why it's so surprising. He said, "If if if I asked you before the season started, I'm like, all right, one of these two things is going to happen. You have to bet your life on it. The Lions are going to have the best offense of the worst defense in the game, or they're going to have the best defense of the worst offense in the game. Which one would you have bet on? Yeah, no, I would. There's no way I would have bet that the Lions have the best off, like one of the better offenses in the league. Yeah, not, even, know, not even a top 10 offense, let alone the best. Like, the best, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to say they're the best offense yet. Like, they look good. They're putting up good numbers on paper. I want to see them play they're, they're a numbers, legit team. Their yes. numbers are the best offense in the league. Correct, it's, it's right. The, it's I, the better way to put that. 
let let's see them go up against a legit team here and then and then I'll start buying like I mean the Eagles are a legit team right like and they put up good numbers against that Eagles defense but mm-hmm. we haven't seen much Elks besides the Eagles and the Vikings you know yeah I uh they, they're playing well and I think they can clean up a lot of things and the defense has a ton of bright spots still like while struggling and not and and being the worst defense yardage wise statistically the worst defense in the league. They have a defensive head coach. They still have Aiden Hutchinson. Jeff Okuda has made this resurgence um, coming back from a torn Achilles and is playing, I wouldn't say the level that they thought he was going to be as as the number three overall pick back in the day, but has been playing damn better than what he was before. He's had two really good games. He put Justin Jefferson in a torture chamber when they played the Vikings, which is a huge thing. Like if he can go out there and do that again when they when they come back around on that divisional game and they play the Vikings again, if he can put Justin Jefferson, like that's a huge, a huge thing. If you take Justin Jefferson away from Kirk Cousins, the Vikings are not obviously not as scary of a football team, but like it really can completely sway the tide of that game. So if he can turn into that lockdown corner, like and they've had a they've had a mid round, I don't remember his name. They have a linebacker that's playing extremely well as a rookie as well. It's like they have they have some guys that are really so there's bright spots on that terrible defense. The Lions <laughs> are getting there, and I still think they're going to turn around and finish a lot better than where they're at right now. But I do think yeah. at the end of the day, I, I would bet on the Raiders finishing a little bit better than them, and I might bet on the Saints too. But I haven't seen enough from the Saints to to separate it. Whereas I've seen a lot of flashes from the Lions. Yeah. All right, next one I got for you. Cooper Rush should stay the starter in Dallas. Give me, give me, con- like, are you saying the rest of the season? Like, I'm, I'm saying until, I mean, he's, he's winning. I, I think you start him until, or I'm not saying I think this, but the, the point of it is, is you start him until he messes up. Um, I, I will pump the brakes here. I think if Dak Prescott's healthy, you put him on the field. I think that's, it's just one of those things where, whereas like when Dak, took the reins, right? Romo was out for nine weeks. They went on like a, this crazy seven or eight game win streak in those nine games. And it was like, do you put Romo in? He's like, he's aging versus you have this kid who got picked out of the fourth round is now an offensive rookie of the year conversations. Should you can on the reins versus like Cooper rush has kind of squeaked out a couple wins here and there. And, and Dak, it's not like Dak Prescott's like at the end of his career, right? Like Dak's not right. in contract year. Cooper rush isn't like, surprising anybody Cooper rush beat a struggling Bengals team. He beat uh, Daniel Jones and he beat Carson Wentz. So I'm curious to see how these next two weeks are going to go. They're facing a reeling Rams team and obviously the red hot, um, the red hot Eagles, but Cooper rush hasn't played well enough to, to demand that yet. Even if they, even if they go undefeated until Dak's healthy. Dak okay. Prescott becomes a starting quarterback again because I, it's not like Cooper Rush has been – they haven't been blowing guys out. It's not like Cooper Rush has been playing like Patrick Mahomes and that's why they're winning games. They're He's playing good enough to win the game, not the reason that they're winning games, if that makes sense. Yeah, you play to win the game. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. I, I think like – I just wanted to talk about this because people are bringing it up like it's a legit topic. I think you're crazy. If you legitimately think Cooper Rush should stay in, but you're nuts. But and I feel you know, bad. Like if you're a Dallas fan and you think that, I I, I feel, feel so sorry for you. 
Yeah. Like if that, if that is where you're at with your fandom and your favorite team, that that is a true opinion that you believe in. That is, you are like at the, the seller of confidence level for your quarterback and for your team as a whole, as of right now. Um, yeah, that's it's it's not a real conversation, but I think Jerry Jones was on a Dallas radio station today and said Dak can't even hold a football yet. So they they might have to ride with Cooper Rush for a while. <coughs> yeah, I mean we we'll we'll see. I think it'll be it'll be interesting to keep our eye on, um, <coughs> and and, and kind of see where it goes. But um, no, I mean Cooper Rush is playing good. I don't think he's playing great. Like I, yeah. I'm not that blown away. Like I said, he's not—he's not the reason they're winning games. Yes, I agree. Um, oh, excuse me again. The Eagles should be the favorite coming out of the NFC. I'm not. I'm not even. I jumped out of the car. I put a cinder block on the gas pedal and I jumped out of a moving car. Like this is my foot is nowhere near the brakes. If they're not the favorites in the NFC, I don't know who is at this point. Right. Um, the Buccaneers are struggling. The Packers are struggling. The Rams are struggling. No one, no one else has came out and and played anywhere close to what the Eagles are doing right now. The Cardinals have looked okay, right? The Niners are kind of gaining their stride again. The Giants are somehow three and one. Like there's, but none of these teams are playing. You have a lot of underachieving teams that are gonna that are playing hot. They're gonna cool off. But the issue is, is also a lot of really good teams are underachieving that are going to heat up. Yeah. But as of right now, yes, the Eagles are 100% should be and are the favorites in the NFC, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think uh, – I don't even think it's close, right? Like, I think we might see a team who, as as they get, you know, warmed up, like the Bucks, I think, could compete. Maybe if the Rams pull some stuff together. I, I think there's a chance some of these teams kind of pull it out and make it competitive. But I think right now it's by far and away the – by far and away the uh the eagles here do you do you think um, the eagles are the favorite coming the end of the year like no injuries like we're talking just right now with how the rest of the season will go right say one of those teams does heat up are the eagles yeah. still your favorite going into it i i mean no i don't think so like if tampa bay gets hot and plays really really good through through for the rest of the year i can't i can't take i can't take them you know what i mean i, I just agree. think 100% yeah I think that team has shown the ability to go, okay, yeah, like clearly that's a, you know what I mean, a, a good solid team. So yep. I, I'm not to that level yet to to commit there. So, um, but yeah, I think that's that's just where I fall. But I mean, who knows? And if they go out and they play really well against a team who's good, like it, my mind could very easily change, right? Like I could be sitting here and, and eating my words and I could be like, you know, I was, I was wrong on that take, but the way it sits right now, I just, I can't, I can't see it. Cause we know how top heavy the NFC is, right? Like there's, yeah. there's some heavy hitters on that side of the bracket and you can't expect them, them all to stay cold the rest of the year. It's just not, yeah. not a, not a winnable bet. I mean, I don't even know, like, if the 49ers get all the way going, I think that still could be a tough game to sit here and call and be like, yep, you know what? It is. It's going to be, you know. Slam dunk Eagles. I think if the Vikings get together, it's not a slam dunk Eagles. Like, there's even the the non-teams that you're thinking of, right? Like, there is there is four or five, if not six teams, where, like, if both teams are hot, where it's it's extremely close. Yeah. Too close I, 
I think I, I what I want to see first is I want to see I want to see a low scoring game. I want to see what they look like when it's tight and points are hard to come by and it's not. You know what I mean? Like I, that's that's what I want to see first. So yeah, and I don't want to see it against the Giants. I want to see it against Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Green Bay. One of those. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. All right, next one I got for you. Uh, the Chiefs look better without Tyreek Hill. Copy and paste exactly what I said about the Eagles. I'm putting the cinder block on the gas pedal. I'm jumping out of the car. This is 100%. I don't think there's an ounce of doubt in my mind about this at all. Um, The offense has still looked good. Even if they've taken a step back, the defense is playing remarkable football. And it doesn't happen without – well, I mean, it probably does because a lot of the guys are draft picks, right? But – it, they, they've 100% looked better, at least on the defensive side of the ball, and they've looked just as good on the offensive side of the ball. You know, yeah, um, they're they're just they're getting back to what Andy Reid usually does, and that's just they scheme wins and drives and plays together versus fucking Tyreek's down there somewhere. You know, like they still have that yeah. option, right? Sky Moore's still there, McCole Hardman's still there, like that that deep ball is still there, but like. They just have so many more outlets and options on offense. The defense seems like they're playing so much better football together now. 100% the Chiefs have looked better without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I mean, and part of it to me too is the fact that they're, they're it's allowed their defense to get better, right? Like Justin Reed has been a nice add. Um, you know, they've added some depth. At the, you know, instead of being a two-guy offense, now they're a four or five-guy offense. Like, mm-hmm. It, it's really allowed them to open up the way that they play football. And I mean, honestly, I think it could be, um, it could be really good for them going forward. I think, I think it could, could easily put them back in Super Bowl contention. And I, I think, honestly, I think it will. So, yeah. All right. Next one I got for you. It's time for Sam Darnold to play. Um, first, uh, this headline is it's difficult because he I don't from what I read today I don't think he's anywhere close to being back yet unfortunately no I think it's gonna be a couple weeks before he's back but um even if he was healthy I don't think I would I'd trot him back out there to be hundred percent honest with you um mm-hmm. I, I I think you're probably screwed both ways right Baker hasn't looked good but I mean Neither did Sam Darnold. He didn't look good either. I still have – I wouldn't say I still have faith in Baker Mayfield. I have more faith in Baker Mayfield than I do in Sam Darnold, I think. Um, they just – yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's a difficult situation. I thought he was going to play a lot better out there. Um, I thought DJ Moore was going to have a really good year. He's actually struggled more than he usually has. Um. Now, if it's another four weeks of what we've seen and then Sam Darnold's healthy, yeah, I'd say probably probably time to try to back up because, I mean, Sam Darnold didn't look – they both look awful, to be honest, honest with you. It's kind of a lose-lose situation. Yeah. I remember they started the year 3-0 last year, and I think they finished with like four or five wins. So they, they weren't special with Darnold. They haven't been special with Baker. I don't know what the issue is. Baker Mayfield is going to be one of the guys that I look back on, and I just I don't know where it went wrong. I really don't. I was such a big believer coming out of OU, and he proved me right. 
for a year and then he proved me wrong for a year and then he proved me right, like really right for a year and then wrong. And now it's still wrong again. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to go with this guy at this point. Um, the faith is, is running out if it's not already ran out. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It, I mean, I had him pick, I had him picked for my comeback player of the year. And to say I've been thoroughly disappointed is, is kind of an understatement to be honest with you. It's been, it's been bad. It's been really, really, really bad. Um, and, and the Panthers look like they might be one of the worst teams in the league. So. Yeah, I would hundred percent agree with you at this point. Yeah. So no, I think, I think if he doesn't pick it up the next couple of weeks and when Darnold gets healthy, I think there's a chance that we see him play. And I think if Darnold struggles, I think you might see the rookie get trotted out there too. Um, I, I would imagine that Carolina is going to clean house. Um, if if I were to bet on who the first NFL head coach is to get fired this offseason or this season, like in season, um, I'm putting my money on Matt Rowe all day. So now let me think. Let me think if there's anybody else. Um, yeah, I, I would probably Cut. agree with you. A lot of people are saying Kyle Shanahan after they oh, got off to a cold start. One and two, people are like, fire Kyle Shanahan. I'm like, even oh, if they God. lose to the Rams 29 to, to nine, like flip that score on his head from what happened on Monday night. Yeah. If you don't think he's not a top five head coach, I don't know what, I don't know what you're watching at the end of the day. I really don't. It doesn't make any, doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, there's no one else I can think of who would be on the hot seat immediately. Yeah, barring a Urban Meyer type situation, no, I don't think there's right. really anybody. Um, yeah, I I think I, the whole thing with Nathaniel Nathaniel Hackett's his first year, so he might get more time. Yeah, I think the way you worded it is correct. If I'm if I'm betting on a guy to get fired mid season, I think it's 100 Matt Rule. Now, first guy to yeah. get fired in the off season, it's probably I mean Matt Rule still obviously up there. <laughs> yeah. But I think Hackett comes into that conversation at that point. And uh God, there's a guy that I just had in my head that was kind of a hot take and I lost it. Bill um, Belichick. Whoa guy. Whoa. Whoa. See, see any of the conspiracy theories that like um what Bill Belichick's done the last three years is actually just him trying to stick it to Robert Kraft where he gets pushed out the door. Yeah. Like, I mean him into the ground before he leaves. I was like, you guys are fucking crazy. It's 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 such a bad argument because yeah. if any the thing that's going to matter most to him is what his legacy is going to look like outside of Brady and it's not looking great right now. So I don't uh, think Bill Belichick really gives two shits about any of it. To be honest, oh, I hundred percent disagree. He's a football he historian. His, yeah, his legacy and such. Yes, he. I mean, he's a football historian guy. Like he can tell you a lot about the history of football and and a lot of guys who have played and. I think his legacy is going to be very, very important to him. I really do. Fair. But Man, I'm really trying to think of who I thought of. Lovey Smith could get That's fired. Exactly. That is exactly who I thought of. Yes. Yeah. That uh that hire still doesn't make any sense to me at all. No. Like uh That team has looked I mean, we thought that team was gonna be bad, but they've looked worse than we thought. Frank Wright might might also be on the hot seat too. If they miss the playoffs two years in a row with that roster, man, that's tough. Yeah, that one's going to be up there. The I just I don't know what the Texans front office is doing. The past two coaching hires have just not made any sense. Like Lovey Smith last year in the NFL, his defense was terrible. He went to Illinois where he didn't play. Like they didn't. <coughs> 
They fired him there. They didn't look good, and their defense didn't look good either, and they fired him there. They brought him into the D.C. for some reason, which is a questionable hire to start with again, right? Like, he's a defensive guy, and he has experience, and yeah, cool, whatever, but, like, he has not produced a good defense in the last four or five years. And not only – like, and it it matches the questionable hire from the year before with David Culley. Yeah, let's hire the Ravens passing game coordinator. Yeah. What? Who? Like, why are why? Yeah, yeah. you know that you know that run heavy offense. Yeah, let's bring in their passing game coordinator. That's a good head coaching hire. No, it did. It didn't make very much sense. Both so. both hires have been equally confusing, and they're both panning out just about as badly as I would have thought they would have. So, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Texas fans. You're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. But Self let's uh. You ready to jump into the bets of the week here? Bring it on. All right. Um, we're going to read a little spiel here. Um, if you're struggling with, with a gambling addiction, contact the Problem Gambling Hotline, 800-522-4700. Professionals available 24 hours a day to take your call. Help is available at no cost to the problem gambler or their concerned loved ones. Um I'll try to run through my picks last week here. I uh, thought I was doing really good. I forgot that I had made some bets, apparently. Um, I forgot that I made some bets on my own that I did not uh, did script. not put in the script, even though we didn't read. I'm going to still count, count them against my record. I had the Dolphins plus three and a half against the Bengals. That looked like it might be a solid bet for a little bit, and then Tua got hurt, and then it was bad. Um I took the Rams plus one and a half over the 49ers. Uh, that was a bad, bad, bad bet by me, obviously. 49ers whooped up on them. Uh, I got to start believing in the Niners again. I got kind of adjusted to what Trey Lance and the Niners looked like. Um, I took the Bills and Ravens under 51. I felt like you, and when I told you this, you were like kind of surprised that I that was a bet of mine. Very proud of this bet. Um, I think it was too two offenses that have been hot and cold and I knew the weather conditions weren't going to be great for the game. So yeah, I like that line there. is just too high. Yeah, it was just too high. I, whenever I see something that high, I'm like, man, I gotta, gotta think about taking the under here. Um, chiefs minus one and a half versus the bucks. I thought the chiefs were going to whoop on them. I thought between the hurricane and, and everything that's going on in Tampa right now, I just didn't think they stood a chance to kind of come out of that and play well. Yeah. <coughs> um, Let's go into our bets for week five. What do you? What's your first one? I'll let you go first this week. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any picks last week. I didn't get a chance f- to fill that section out before we didn't get a chance to record. So yeah, Tim's Tim's four and eight on the year. I'm three and five. Um, my first bet is probably my dumbest one. I'm riding the Giants money line over Green Bay in Wisconsin. Kind of a dumb one, but you know, what's, what's the actual line for that game? Like what are the odds or what's the no like what's the like why are you taking Giants why? money line yeah Just, like uh, why you... the I think it was like plus two fifty and I'm feeling a little crazy on a on a I don't even know just feeling a little crazy you know I don't know what to tell you just feels I'm... like a just a gut feeling it's it's plus two ninety five for the Giants to win this game and uh, yeah. Green Bay hasn't looked great the Giants have looked decently solid. And, uh, you know, I'm actually, what am I doing? Daniel Jones has a concussion. This is a yeah. horrible bet. 
am I allowed to retract that and come up with a fourth one as we read the other three? Yeah, that that'd be fine with me. Um, do you want to know a weird? I would have never let you out of that if you did that. By the way, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible because I'm a terrible co-host. Do you want to know? This is the reason I didn't. Uh, I was kind of weirded out by it. So this the money is all on Green Bay. Seventy three percent of the money, but only fifty five percent of the bets are on Green Bay. So it's kind of a bait line at plus eight. I think if you get plus eight and Daniel Jones ends up playing, I think the line moves down. If obviously if they announce Daniel Jones is going to play for sure, but plus eight, I think is a little bit of a trap because <coughs> I think it sucks if he doesn't play. And if he plays, I think it's a great line. So um, I'm saying Jags minus seven and a half versus the Texans. I think after that tough loss to the Eagles, I think they come out and play mad. And I think there's a good chance that they go up and beat up on the Texans here. So I like a minus seven and a half. I think it's a, it's a safe bet. I would agree with you there. Um, my first one, as I type this this fixed bet here, um, I have Atlanta and Tampa Bay under 48 and a half. Um, this, uh, the line feels too high on this one, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it does. It's a divisional game. You know the Bucks are going to be playing mad after getting kind of embarrassed by Patrick Mahomes on – on Sunday night football in prime time. And more importantly, I think the defense is going to come out pissed off. So I think the thing that breaks this game is if like Atlanta could score 14, I could definitely see Tampa Bay going out and like hanging like 35 and breaking this line for me. Um, but 48 and a half just feels way too high. So I have the under on that game. Yeah. I, I don't think that's a bad bet. I think, I mean, Tampa Bay's offense came out and looked better against Kansas city and they looked better um, late as well yeah so that one scares me just a little bit just because you never know what tampa bay tampa bay has such an explosive offense when they're firing on all cylinders yeah, if they go up and hang 42 like this game's probably gonna get that's probably what's gonna ruin it for me yeah so that's that's kind of what you're you're hoping against um i have lions versus pats over 45 and a half i have no idea why this line is so low um i understand that bailey Zappi's playing um Fun fact here, Patriots have a bottom 10 defense, scoring defense this year, um, mm. giving up a lot of points, a lot of yards uh, against the number one offense on paper, right? So I don't don't love the odds. I think there's a lot of people who think uh, potentially that Bill Belichick has Jared Goff figured out, but I don't, I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't think we're special in a lot of ways this year in New England. Um, so I really like the over. I mean, Bailey Zappi and Brian, between Bailey Zappi and Brian Hoyer, I mean, they put up 24 against Green Bay, and the Lions' defense is a heck of a lot worse than Green Bay's. So I, yeah, I if like this line was at like 51 and a half. I'm I'm probably not touching it, but like this feels like a you know a a 27 24 game. You know, yeah, like easily, yeah, very much so. I think the Lions could put up 30 points on their own. To be 100 percent honest with you, so yeah, I would agree. You're asking the Patriots to you know if the Lions go. You know, 34. No, that's wrong. Yeah, 35, 38. And the Patriots just go 10. I think, you know, that hits all day. So I think that's a very, very possible outcome for this for this game here. I have uh, Philly and Arizona over 48 and a half. Um, the line, again, it feels kind of low. I think what ruins this game is what happened last week. If the, the time of possession just gets ran and – 
Eagles have their way running the ball offensively. This won't hit just because not enough points will be put up. But I think if Arizona could come out and and put Philly in kind of a bad spot and make them throw the ball and and the time of possession stays around, I think this line's just a little too low. And I'm expecting both offenses to kind of come out and and fire fire a little bit. If Philly's defense comes out and and, and plays extremely well in the first half, this won't hit. But I'm, yeah. I'm I'm betting on Arizona at least keeping it close enough to where this over is going to hit. I was about to say you got to feel like if 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 you're feeling this, you're feeling like Arizona is going to come out and have a good game. Yeah. Um, I've got the Bills versus Steelers under 47 and a half. Uh, the line feels a little bit high to me. Uh, Kenny Pickett struggled in his first game. I think he'll come out and play better. I think you're going to see both teams run the ball a lot and potentially eat up uh, quite a bit of clock. And therefore, I don't think there'll be as many points scored. I like the under on that one. Gotcha. Uh, that was, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that one. Because if the Bills go out and, and whoop up and Kenny Pickett can muster two touchdowns, that one feels a little dangerous. But yeah, that, I feel that, like that's that, all. Uh, it's almost like that's the danger of sports betting is that all games are like that. Turns out who would have thought It's almost like this isn't as easy as everyone thinks it is. Yeah, it's almost like, wow, we're not professional gamblers for a reason. Yeah, uh, my my bet of the week, my my hammer, I 100%, if there is a line that I feel most confident in, it is this one, Um, which is funny because this would not have hit at all last year for, for either of these division games. I have Baltimore and Cincy under 48.5. So all three of my over-unders are 48.5. I have uh, Baltimore and Cincy going under in this game. And um, the reason it's a division game, I think it's going to be chippy. Uh, it, it is the trap line. Like either this is going to smash and the teams are going to combine for like 27 points or it's going to get murdered and the end score is going to be like 42-35. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in most division games, it ends up being a lower scoring affair than, than not. The issue with it last year was I think – I think Joe Burrow and that offense hung 42 on our defense, at least 42 in both games, which obviously if Cincy does that, this this is not going to hit at all, right? But Lamar Jackson didn't play in either of those games last year either. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a run-the-ball-down-your-throat kind of game. And um, I think a lot of – I feel how you feel about the Bills and the Steelers. I think the ball's going to be on the ground a lot of time. A lot of clock's going to get chewed up, and I don't think uh, they're going to they're gonna hit the over here at all. Yeah. I uh, I accidentally did not fill up my fourth bet. I realized as we were talking, so gonna... I saw that. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of glad you noticed it before I had to say anything about it. Yeah, I was like, "Whoops!" Um, I'm gonna take the Vikings minus seven versus the Bears. Um, it was one of the ones I was debating on taking, anyways. But I just really don't like anything about the Bears, and I feel like people are a little too high on on Justin Fields still. Like, I, don't I think why this get... line is this close. Yeah, it feels it feels too close for sure. This feels um, like a hammer, but it's also a division game, so take it is. a grain of salt. Division yeah, games it, are extremely hard to bet on. It it could be the thing I really like is that it's inside, so um, I think that's going to give Minnesota a little bit of advantage because they like to air it out. Um, I think you know this could be a big game for Justin Jefferson. I just don't like I don't like Chicago's defense. I don't like their offense, so I like yeah. Vikings minus seven here. Is it prime time? Do you know if this game is on Monday night or Thursday night at all? It is at 12 o'clock. 
I don't know. You're safe. If it was prime time, I'd say you're screwed because Kirk Cousins can't do it in prime time. But yeah, this that feels like the bet of the week at this point. I don't know why you didn't have that one. It's one of your first ones. I it was one I was thinking about taking anyways, but I looked at it and I was like, yeah, I, I think this is going to be safe. So my last bet in replacement of my stupid Giants money line pick is going to be the 49ers minus six and a half versus the Panthers. Um, we talked about the, the defense struggling. Nick Bosa had his way on Monday Night Football against the Rams team. He, they, I think they racked seven sacks up on Stafford, if I remember right from earlier. Panthers offensive line hasn't been good. Baker Mayfield hasn't been good. The run game hasn't been good. And the Niners looked good against the Rams. They can look good against the Rams. They sure as hell should look good against the Panthers. I, I got a minus six and a half in Carolina. Well, nice. Yeah. <coughs> uh, excuse me. So those are our bets. Uh, I mean, so far you'd be doing way better if you bet against us every single time. So uh, just keep that in mind. True. Uh, if you if you bet against us as a as a squad here, you'd be seventeen and seven. So, uh, and that's Wait. good enough. That's good enough to be a Vegas better there. So yeah. fade the boys. Fade. Do, do what you must. We're saying we're saying fade us. So fade us at all cost here, folks. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the games coming up for week five here. Um, Starting out with a little bit of a slower one, uh, Chargers versus Browns. I think this game could be interesting for a lot of reasons. I think, you know, Cleveland is still fighting for this division. Like they're, they're at the top of the division at two and two here. So, um, it's not like Cleveland has nothing to play for. I know they're still not exciting. Um, because you don't have, uh, Deshaun Watson back yet, but I'm telling you this, this team might be a sneaky, a sneaky, Sneaky good team here. I mean, they're they're holding on better than we thought we would. Um, and the Chargers have been a little little bit of lame sauce. You know, a lot of people had them predicted to go to the 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 Super Bowl. A lot of people thought they would make it out, and they just haven't. They just have struggled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree. This game is is a dangerous one because it feels like one that. I think if it's a shootout, obviously the Chargers can win this. But if it's a ground and pound, a ground and pound game, I think the the Browns may have the advantage. Their defense has played better than the Chargers have so far this year. They've ran the ball better than the Chargers have so far this year. Um, it's going to be a tough one, and it's going to be one that probably has a lot of wild card implications come down the stretch. Um, you know, if Kansas City wins that division, or the Raiders or the Broncos win that division, and then you know the the Bengals or the Ravens can win the AFC North. Like this is a lot of playoff tiebreaker implications for the wild card. So it's going to be a tough game. And uh, I think it, it's probably going to be a close one or it's going to be an absolute mash mash house from the chargers. Like chargers win by three touchdowns or this game is uh, a three point game. (laughs) Yeah. I think this, this game might be a dog fight or a blowout. Um, Eagles versus Cardinals. Uh, you know, another good test for the Eagles to show that they're a legit team and they're they're here to stay. Um, and the Cardinals, man, they're they're fighting tooth and nail to hang on to stay in their division, right? Like, this is one of those ones where you know you lose a game here and there, and it could be the difference between being a wild card team or winning the division. So, um, a lot on the line for both these teams. Two teams that have shown. Uh, I mean, the Eagles have been consistently really good, and the Cardinals have shown they have that upside potential for sure. Yeah, um, 
this I mean that's the thing with with Arizona and where they're at right now, right? Like they're they're playing okay. They haven't played great, but we all know how talented that team is. Um, I think this is going to come down to the defenses. I think the Eagles, the Eagles have have played really well in offense, obviously, and their defense has been really good. And the Cardinals' passing defense hasn't been great, you know. And the Eagles have looked really good on certain weeks, like they tore the Commanders up. Um, so I don't. It's it's a depleted Cardinals defense right now. They've got a lot of guys that are underperforming, and they just have a lot of holes to boot. So yeah. it's it's going to be a grinded out type of game. But this is where again where. The Eagles should go out and kind of flex, flex their muscles a bit. I think. Yeah, and, against, and it very, against a it better be. team as well, yeah. right? Like, it's not like a, if they would have went out and whooped on the Jags, it's like all right, you know, the Jags are we we like the Jags, right? Yeah, they're winning that division for a reason, but like, the Cardinals and the Jags are worlds apart from expectations wise, right? You know, this is a this is should be a surefire wild card team and possibly a division champ come the end of the year. Yeah. So this is where the Eagles got to go out and kind of make a stand, I think. Um, next game we got is Cowboys versus Rams. Uh, again, we, we talk about the NFC West all the time. Everybody's two and two. Um, you're, you're getting a little bit of a break by playing the Cowboys without Dak, but man, you gotta, you gotta feel like you gotta win this one, but Cooper rush is playing well and the Cowboys are three and one and they're, they're in a good spot. They're a really good team. So, this is one of those games where you're playing, you're coming in a little cold or coming in hot. Who knows how it goes? Yeah, I think uh, you've got to you got to keep Stafford clean in this game. I think uh, Michael Parsons has had a a fantastic year so far this year, and the Cowboys are currently third in the league in sacks. We're actually tied with the Saints for second second in sacks this year. They have 15 sacks as a team, and I, I would be close to to bet money that the Rams are close to most sacks allowed so far yeah. this year. Um, the commanders are one. The Rams are third. They're actually tied with the bears for second, most sacks allowed. So that's my, my X factor of the game. They keep Stafford clean. The Cowboys actually have the best. I believe I want to say they have the best passing defense yardage wise so far this year, um, which is extremely surprising. They're not the best. They are sixth. So huh. playing very well, right? I mean, and I think a lot of that attributes to the passers, right? I mean, you can put your quarter, put the other team's quarterback under duress and and kind of disturb things that allows you to to allow less passing yards, right? It's almost like you gotta score more points to win the game. Um, it's a good way. It's a good way to win win more. Yeah, you gotta that's that's where this game, I think it comes down to the defense. We know how talented both of these defenses are, and I think it comes down to a lot of offensive line play. Um, Cowboys O-line is a great. The Rams O-line is a great. Both defenses are extremely talented. Who's going to come out? This game This game feels like it could be a, a Rams-Patriots Super Bowl matchup, you know, 12-9 action by the end of this. Uh, yeah. Which sounds crazy. You're like, man, you don't think the Rams are going to hit the end zone? But they didn't on Monday Night Football. So yeah. we'll it, see what it's, happens. It's possible for sure. So, um. Next game we got is Bengals versus Ravens. Bengals Ravens, man, it is. It is. It's it's a really important game early on in the season, right? Both these teams are two and two. One of them is going to fall to two and three. One of them is going to jump to three and two. (gasps) 
and then have a, a very important tiebreaker for the possible division championship later on in the year. Yeah. Um, I mean, I believe is Baltimore at home or away for this game? Uh, it's in Baltimore. Okay. I was about to say it's Sunday night football. Well, um, Baltimore's played really, really well at home. They've struggled on the road. So luckily for them, it, it is in Baltimore. Actually um, flip that. They're actually own two on oh. at home this year. Oh, they're own two at home. Oh, yeah. yeah look and, at that. I and, got that backwards. And both of those losses have been the two ones that they've gave away with double digit. Uh, actually three, three score leads. They've blown a three score lead in both of their home games this year. So, um, I mean, it's, it's a divisional game, right? Like every divisional game is going to be chippy. Every divisional game is going to be tough. When you enter the AFC North, it amplifies by 10, right? These, if you want the definition of what a dogfight is and should be, it's going to be any division game inside the AFC North. And two teams that are going to be vying for a division championship come the end of the year. It's going to be that amplified even more. It's on prime time. It's going to be amplified even more. I mean, I, this, and I hate, it burns me to say this and sit here and say this in a minute, but like either this is going to be a dog fight or the Bengals are going to win by three touchdowns like they did two games last year. But um, I believe Lamar Jackson's never lost to the Bengals when he's a starting quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Mm. Hence why, hence why the, uh, the Bengals were able to hang up a combined 80 plus points and win both games last year. Cause Lamar was out both games. So it's a lot on the line, a lot to prove. I don't know. I don't know where to go with this game, man. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one. Maybe not a fun one for me, but it's going to be a fun one for for everybody else. <laughs> so. um, yeah, it's it's a good Sunday night game. I will say that for sure. I, I'm excited for this one. Um, next one we got is Raiders Chiefs. Um, you know, maybe a little bit less exciting uh, with the Raiders being one and three and the Chiefs being three and one. But I mean. The Raiders got to start winning games or they're going to be in deep trouble. I mean, one and four is is a really tough hole to kind of dig yourself out of as far as the playoff race. Yeah. And I think if they're one and four, I think we start talking about them being out. So, yeah, um, and that's that's concerning. You know, that's a very scary thought. So, yeah, luckily it's in Vegas, which is not a huge plus. It's not a plus that it's in Vegas. It's a plus that it's not in Arrowhead. Right. Um, True. For the Raiders. Um, so I think. uh yeah, wait, no, 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 it is in Arrowhead. Ah, oh, they're screwed. No. <laughs> they okay. they are screwed. <laughs> they're in trouble. Yeah, um, it's going to be a tough place to play at. Um, I mean, the Chiefs are, are favored to win this game for, for good reason. Uh, but again, this is, I mean, if there was ever a point, you know, you're finally, you got to win, right? You're not 0-3 anymore. You're not winless. You go into Arrowhead, you have just about nothing to lose at this point, right? I mean, they're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at this Kansas City team as they should. And it's, I think, I don't think it's going to be a dogfight. I think Casey's going to kind of mop the floor with them. But don't be surprised, right? <laughs> the, the Raiders are extremely talented on paper, but it hasn't translated onto the turf yet. And, and that's. Part part of me is waiting for that, right? Like I think at any moment the Raiders can explode and this this offense can look look dangerous and look like a whole nother level. So Yeah, I would agree. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun week of football, that's for sure. Um I'm I'm excited, man. It's our, it's our always, favorite time of the year. I love football, man, so I'm excited as always. I know I have Sunday off this week. 
I get to sit at home and watch football all day. I get to wrap it up with my team playing on Sunday night. Hopefully, it's a good week. I'm excited. We'll see where the bets land. See if Cooper Rush can keep winning games in Dallas. What can the Giants do without their their most valuable player in Daniel Jones? Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll see, man. It's going to be a fun week four. There's a lot of divisional games and a lot of games that are going to impact the wild card race come the end of the year as well. So it is. I'm excited. So. Yeah. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at mm-hmm. Pisswarm Takes. He's at Owen underscore Burke. Mm-hmm. Um, keep your eyes peeled on the BDL channel. Could be a lot of exciting things coming out here in the in the near future. So yeah, we got a got some things brewing. Hopefully, and we're gonna we're just gonna keep getting after it, man. Uh, we do apologize again for the the miss last week with illness flying around. Schedules are starting to get a little bit crazier. The the retail life is starting to catch up to us a bit. But we're going to do everything we can to keep putting episodes for you guys. So um, that's going to do it for episode six. We'll see you guys next week for episode seven. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you guys then.